and welcome to the Portal podcast, linking research and practice for social work. I'm your host and my name is Dr. Leslie Deacon. And I'm your other host and I'm Dr. Sarah Lombe. So we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, you are listening to the Portal podcast, linking research and practice for social work. I'm Dr. Sarah Lombe. I'm Dr. Leslie Deacon. (laughs) And as usual, we are your hosts for this podcast. And hopefully you're joining us having listened through our second series, which was focused on domestic abuse. Five episodes in that series that we introduced in in the opening episode. And Leslie and I have just come back together in the studio to have a little chat about the series and some of the messages that we think came out from across the different research that's being done. Because although the research, it it all focused on different aspects of domestic abuse, the approaches and the population groups were quite different. Mm. But we feel that there are some overarching messages for social work practitioners that we wanted to try and draw out and share in this final episode. Yes, that is true. It is true. <laughs> so, so key yeah. messages. So, I one of the things. So, I'm thinking almost this is more at a strategic level to some extent. But one of the things that emerged across these um, conversations was that services are not necessarily structured around meeting these particular needs that we had a lot of because we obviously looked at a diverse population as you were saying that this meant that they weren't quite fitting with the services available there was something different or something new that meant that when it came to accessing services the services were so structured and static that meant that people weren't meeting the requirements to access them and that's a real concern at the moment and something I've thought about because I I feel anecdotally that I'm experiencing this a lot myself as well when I'm trying to access services that actually there is a constant thing of ah but yes you don't quite meet this threshold or you don't quite meet that and there's obviously lots of reasons for that potentially which is another research project in itself but it does concern me that this is increasingly seeming to happen that it means that you've got people who are in need who are then not being able to access the support that they need at that time, which means that they're potentially going to head into crisis mm-hmm. and, ac- and need more sort of, what's the word, either intrusive or heavy service, you know, more involvement at the point because it's going to get worse potentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that was definitely something that came up across all of the episodes and I think it's a double-edged sword as well, isn't it? Because if, if those services are too rigid and people don't meet the criteria to access them then it also gives the illusion that perhaps this particular group of people don't need don't that need service it. Yeah. because they're not accessing it yeah so yeah it, sort of, it feeds into it because then they're hidden their yep. needs are hidden it mm-hmm. looks like they don't need it then the service doesn't respond to it and it doesn't open itself to them so it kind of becomes a vicious cycle where it looks yeah. like the need isn't there when actually it is and people just are not able to access it for yeah and it's concerning to me that with that um, perception of need not being there a lot of research that I've done over the years has then identified that there was something happening and that would be great for the people providing money if they thought actually then it means that there's no service needed but actually that's not true yeah. and, the, and the evidence suggests otherwise that actually what happens is there's an escalation and they need more services so it seems counterintuitive to not acknowledge um, these needs 
that are there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was I my think that's, that's the wise point. The board, like you said, <laughs> you know, at a strategic level as well yeah. in terms of actually, um, you know, how, how are decisions being made at the commissioning and procurement level about services and what services to fund? Yeah, it's just made me think there that actually if, if social workers are in practice are noticing that, you know, I can't refer this person on, because they don't meet the need, you know the the thresholds for this service provision do they know where to send that information do they know where to alert you know within their organizations that actually this is happening increasingly and i wonder if our listeners know what to do with that because obviously you can take it externally and go to you know activism and, and networks outside of your organization but do people know within their organizations because i i wonder do we know <laughs> if we're noticing things like that i mean we get asked questions like is anything we want to raise but there does feel like in bureaucratic structures they don't seem particularly keen to have that fed back <laughs> You know, they're not as open about where does that go. You don't really have access to the top person very easily, do you? Yeah, it's a lot of different issues. Yeah, I could just go on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, other other themes that we picked up on in terms of messages for social workers in particular, I think one of them was, was also about professional curiosity, and that came up, and I think that does tie back into that first mm. one in terms of awareness raising, that for the importance of professional curiosity and the importance of digging a little bit deeper or asking those extra questions and not assuming that's that what you see on the surface is everything that's happening in that situation yeah. which I, I know is is something that social workers are aware of and something that um they seek to do in practice but so i suppose it's reiterating the importance of that and how strongly that came up within this research that that is needed um yeah because I wonder, I think sometimes, like anyone, if when you've done a job for a while, you can stop seeing things. You can become a bit more mm-hmm. routine with what mm-hmm. you're doing, can't you? And it's really helpful to to step back and including using our podcasts as part of social workers need to do continuing professional development because they could reflect on one of these podcasts for their re-registration to social work england did you like my little advert there did you like my plug (laughs) (laughs) but I, i was thinking about the fact that it is really you know as much as everybody's really really busy it we do need time to just step outside of things don't we and and have a think about why that's happened or did I miss something or is there something new there yeah so we had did we have some other messages yeah we did because that again it all it's interlinked but with them talking about preventative services they're sort of you know are linking back again to that that issue of the these are issues that are emerging that don't fit how actually if services are set up to address early intervention so before things escalate that is actually more cost effective in the long run Mm -hmm. and also more helpful to the individuals Mm -hmm. and unfortunately that requires things that we have no control over ourselves which is about the resources that are allocated to the services it's it is concerning though that I mean we have early help services but you know how how is that actually working to help people with these quite complex issues Mm -hmm. so even if the issues themselves aren't escalated yet they are complicated which means that they're potentially not quite being seen yet yeah yeah so that again links back with professional curiosity they all they all (laughs) link together because the next thing i think we were going to talk about that we were discussing before was about language and the language that's used and 
in our conversations, people raised issues with the term perpetrators. We talked about the use of the terms victims yeah. and survivors. Yeah. And also, you know, just in terms of talking about coercive and controlling behaviour as being part of domestic abuse. And I think across all of these different terms that we use, there's a lot of different understandings of what they mean and different impacts mm. that they have. Um, relation to coercive and controlling behavior that we had a lot of conversations about a lack of understanding of yeah. what that means from a range of different areas and potentially the role of social workers in actually educating people about yeah. what that means what it can look like how to access support things like that from from a young age actually one of the conversations we had with yeah um, yeah I think it was with Sarah about actually the, the education. education in the schools and yeah because they don't understand it that. Yeah, yeah because uh, that's the question isn't it because there's a there, there can be information and awareness raising mm-hmm. but if it's not done in a way that actually by someone with that knowledge you can potentially perpetuate all of these issues mm-hmm. and make them a lot worse mm-hmm. so it is about knowing who's the right person to come in and mm-hmm. share this information share this knowledge which I think is really important and yeah that was my really eloquent way of saying it it's just really important important. yeah there's a lot of really important messages in in these episodes and I think there's probably many more messages for practice that we talked about in each episode that Leslie and I have not pulled out today but I think ultimately a lot of what came out from across the conversations was about how hidden some of these issues are and the lack of recognition that goes alongside that so you know again just reinforcing that curiosity you know being aware that just because it's not a group that perhaps you've read about that are likely to experience domestic abuse it doesn't mean that's not happening that sometimes you know our own assumptions or kind of limited knowledge means that we we don't pick up on things that we need to pick up on I don't know if that makes sense I think that probably covers some of the key things but uh, as always we're really open to hearing from people about what they thought of the series and also we're really really pleased to share that we are going to be recording a third series hurrah we'll start (laughs) we'll start the recording sort of january february next year that'll be 2024 and the next series is going to focus on gerontological social work so we are going to be speaking to social work researchers who specifically look at social work with older people in their research and learn from them about the range of different work that that entails and some of the interesting things that they're doing so stay tuned for that yes and also there will be some one-off episodes that we're going to do yes as well we're going to do yes what did we call them well we didn't have a snappy i don't think we haven't we haven't decided on a snappy name we've just come up with the the idea of doing some individual um episodes as well some one-off quick conversations yes. about key issues yeah mini portal thank you for that I'm, I'm going to be talking a bit about so my my area of interest is actually practice research so it's about getting practitioners to lead in practice-based research so I'm going to talk a little bit about that and some of the exciting research that we have been doing and we've now got reports ready to go out as well yeah. in the experiences of newly qualified social workers and also what our partner professionals perspectives of safeguarding practices so what they think about social work and social workers so um, I'm going to be sharing that and hopefully there might be opportunities for some conversations Mm -hmm. mini conversations with some of the practitioners that have been involved so we'll just see this this is a play 
play it by ear. Yeah. Depends how much money I've got in yeah. the funding pot. Generally. Money. Back down to yeah. resourcing and money. Resources. Um, yes. I suppose that's a good chance for us to plug any listeners who have done any research in social work yeah. that they would like to share. You know, Absolutely. you might want to be a guest on one of our mini portal episodes. I'm just going to start calling them. So yes. We'd definitely welcome anyone who'd like to come and just have a, a, a quick chat with us about the work that they've yeah. been doing and, and what that might um mean for social workers so yes i think we can probably i think we've done enough plugging yeah we've plugged quite a lot and yeah we just hope you get a lot out of this and obviously this series has been a lot more focused previous one was quite a range of different things we've Mm -hmm. done it based on domestic abuse we hope that's been really useful and you know if people do want to get in touch because there are ideas for and we'll we'll listen to anything any ideas for the future absolutely yes thank you very much for listening and we hope you join us again for our next series next year and yeah thank you bye you have been listening to the portal podcast linking research and practice for social work with me dr sarah lombe and Dr. Leslie Deacon. And this was funded by the University of Sunderland, edited by Paper Ghosts, and our theme music is called Together We're Stronger by All Music 7. And don't forget that you can find a full transcript of today's podcast and links and extra information in our show notes. So anything you want to follow up from what you've heard today, um, check out there and you should find some useful extra resources. See you all next time. Bye.